From the very beginning, in the early 90s, or maybe before, as computers started to roll out into elementary schools and secondary schools and boards of education, there was an ongoing debate in the profession about what role exactly these business machines would play in the future of education. It's important to remember that when they first came out, they went right to the secondary schools and their business departments because they were teaching typing, and they were teaching accounting, and they were teaching various elements of business practices, which is where computers first took hold. They were being used to run big businesses, and small businesses wanted to have access the same way. It's important to remember as I do this, as I talk about this, that there were several different strands of activity that came to play always in how the history of computers in education played out. But I'm going back to the early 90s and when the secondary schools had computers that they were using for accounting software. And then because they were popular in the in the secondary schools, they began to come into the secondary schools. And from the beginning, people were looking at them from a management point of view. How could they make the work of schools easier and more uniform? <coughs> at the same time, there were all these teachers that were <coughs> dealing with issues of programmed learning because that was another developmental er surge that went along with, the, with technology. People were starting to talk about how to use computers in the classroom for programmed learning because it was possible to write applications we didn't call them then, they were software programs, but they were applications that enabled students to sit in front of a computer and read a question and then choose an answer and then go on to the next and choose an answer and drill skill development. So we had teachers who were interested in skill development and administrators who were interested in administ making administrative tasks easier. And then you had a convergence because we went from the DOS operating system to an operating system that was based on Java, which meant that the user could interact with the computer and get feedback and based on the feedback go in a variety of different directions and so with javascripting we went from dos to a windows 
operating system that was point and play or plug and play or point and go, but it meant that the mouse became the most important feature in the use of the computer. And so there was the ability to move in a direction that enabled computers, information and computer technologies to take a hold in schools. From the beginning, there were corporations, large and small, that were trying to find ways to use the technology to their advantage to create programs that schools would be interested in. I remember way back when, when we were looking at IBM, who had developed software that allowed students to progress through stages of learning how to read and learning how to spell and learning how to do arithmetic problem solving. And IBM created all of these different technology tools. Not long after IBM began visiting the schools where I was working, and we were beginning to see the, tech, the software come into the schools, the province of Ontario began to realize <coughs> that it could use technology in the schools to facilitate administrative tasks. At the same time, the province of Ontario was trying to make sure that we went from 150-some-odd school boards to 72 school boards and that education would be standardized across the province. And one of the things that they were working on was a standardized provincial report card. And needless to say, because it was a standardized report card, there was a there were companies out there that were trying to create software <coughs> that would enable schools to create this standardized report card. And <coughs> a site <coughs> where all the data could be gathered and teachers could then use the data. <coughs> there was this realization that because the computer could handle so much data, then schools could gather data on assessment. And it could be used to, create, to coincide with the emphasis on a provincial report card with the collection of assessment data and allow uh, the province of Ontario to be able to track growth over time, which was a long-range goal, to be able to see what school boards needed, what supports, in order to improve reading, writing, and arithmetic skills. So along came a company from Ottawa called MediaX, and MediaX created a report card that was fully computer-driven and automated. And they began to sell this report card to the province of Ontario. The board of the, 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 
Department of Education. And they won the contract because that's what they were looking that's what, what the, the province was looking for. The Ministry of Education was looking for solutions that were computer driven because that was what the whole world was doing. So MediaX created the Ontario Provincial Report Card at the same time that I was moving from a classroom responsibility to a consultative responsibility. And I was working for the Board of Education and I helped to in-service the schools that in the in the district school board of Niagara in the use of computer technology which became the use of the Ontario Provincial Report Card. And before you know it, the same company, MediaX, based in Ottawa, had come up with something called eTeacher, which allowed teachers to gather assessment data based on the provincial report card so that they could synchronize their efforts to gather assessment and create the report card. And MediaX came up with a number of different um, applications that I became involved in and helped pilot and advocate for. When I look back on it and I think about how I was going to focus my attention in this podcast, I realized I was very lucky that I was in the forefront of a number of these initiatives. But I moved on to my uh, PhD studies just at the time when MediaX was breaking new ground with eTeacher and electronic report cards. And another company that I was involved with called Desire to Learn out of Kitchener came on the scene. John Baker was a graduate student in computer technology and mathematics in Waterloo. And he had designed this program called Desire to Learn, which was a management tool allowing a school board to manage online learning at a very rudimentary level. And because of my involvement and because I was helping to lead the board in this direction, the District School Board of Niagara adopted Desire to Learn as a platform. And we started, I started, to um, to help teachers, to in-service teachers, on how to use electronic learning. And it was from that point on in, believe it or not, it, 22 years ago, which would mean it was 1999, right on the heels of the Zy of uh, Media X, which was in 1996. That's how fast all of these things were happening. But I remember John Baker used to come to St. Catharines to the board office and he and I would meet and I would tell him what desire to learn should be able to do and what things teachers needed. And he would go and he would fix them up and he would integrate them. And I remember before retiring saying to John Baker, your company is going to go public eventually because he kept on acquiring 
um, uh, school boards that bought into his product. And I said, when you go public, I want to buy into your company. Sure enough, this week, in October 2021, the Globe and Mail had a piece that said that Desire to Learn, now called D2L, was going to have an initial uh, share offering and uh, be on the Toronto Stock Exchange. I'm not surprised. I thought it would take him less time, but I've learned the hard way that technology integration doesn't come easily because education is not an easy ship to turn around. But Desire to Learn has now become an international corporation worth millions and millions of dollars and school boards and jurisdictions all over the world are using Desire to, to Learn to manage online learning. And then we come to the pandemic. The pandemic and all that it has meant for education has led school boards to realize that they needed to manage how teachers and students interact at a distance. What used to be called distance education has now become e-learning and it was crucial to the survival of our educational systems in the pandemic. And needless to say, having the desire to integrate e-learning online learning to help students has meant that you have a huge number of companies looking for the ability to create applications that would service the needs of teachers and schools so that education then can become better through the use of computer technology. And my whole reason for this podcast was because there was an edit, an article in the Globe and Mail on September the 22nd about a company called Joe Zhu. Two, um, two people, the two principals in the company who saw their their friends struggling, their friends who were teachers, struggling uh, with all of the tasks that teachers are required to perform in order to be effective at what they do. I'm not going to go down that road today, but there's a huge number of things that require teachers to put in hours and hours. And because of the pandemic, what originally was a perception that marking student essays and student creative writing took a huge amount of time has led to the the creation of a a software application that allows teachers to plug in student writing and to look at the construction of the student writing the the main ideas of the of the paragraphs and the sentence structure and the grammar and all those kinds of things because there was a time when that's what 
helping students learn to write was all about. A red pencil, circling all the spelling mistakes, underlining all the poor sentences, and trying to help students understand the rudiments of good writing. Now, of course, because of machine learning, because of the use of mathematical algorithms to look at this kind of behavior, it becomes easy to plug in what students write and come up with scores that can help a teacher improve student writing. Which brings me back to the whole discussion of what's the role of a teacher and how does the use of technology impact the role of the teacher, because from the very beginning, when I was a consultant and before when I was just doing in-services and workshops for groups of teachers on the use of technology, they would say to me, well, doesn't the use of the computer imply that we won't need teachers anymore? And this company, Joe Zhu, realized and has made the point of advocating for the fact that at the end of the day, it's a teacher that analyzes these results. And it's a teacher, a trained professional, who works with students to take the results of the analysis and look at their work and learn as a result. There is no doubt but that there are all kinds of things that teachers are required to do that require a high level of integration between their students and themselves. There are lots of things that technology can be used to help with. And the use of some kind of tool like D2L to facilitate the interactions between a teacher and a student whereby the, the, there can be videos made and assignments sent across the ethernet and marks posted and comments and all of that kind of thing. That's different from the interaction between two human beings. And I used to tell my students, at the end of the day, what we're going to end up with is going back to the idea of Socratic learning. Socrates had groups of students that he talked to. And they talked to him, and they explored ideas. There's a huge difference between exploring ideas and putting ideas together and recombining them in new and different ways so that students can see the ramifications of their new learning, so they can see how Arithmetic applies to their daily lives, or they can see how reading a book reflects what's happening in the real world. Those are things that require a teacher with insight to convey to students who are sitting with them together. Even if those students are on a screen with their teacher, there is a human interaction. 
that there's a huge difference between that and using integration of technology to help with the mundane, routine learning tasks that are required. We are a long way from the vision of the role of computers in life that was in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. A long way. But in 2001 A Space Odyssey, when you stop and think about it, we're already at 2021. But in 2001 A Space Odyssey, the computer had a voice and the computer was what was interacting with the characters in the space, space station. At the end of the day, it's a human, not a machine, that interacts. And it's human emotions that even though we now talk about the use of artificial intelligence in teacher education and in student learning, at the end of the day, artificial intelligence isn't the same as two humans interacting, whether they're the same age or there's an age differential. And as I used to tell my students, the important thing is to send the message that the teacher will always have the end responsibility because teachers have the emotions and the understanding of their students that are required to help us move forward with learning. So even though I read about Joe Zhu looking for and going public and D2L and John uh, Baker finally going public, at the end of the day, their going public only contributes to the background of what we call teaching and learning.